Welcome to Stay Sure, the Music Explorers podcast. I'm Jim Jam. As always, I'm Scoob Magoo. And uh, you know what? It's already almost February. And uh, you know what that means. That we are going to be talking about uh, some new albums that came out. And I'm actually surprised that we even had this episode this month. Because usually January is just slow as fuck. Um, But... Not, not, not this time around. Uh, got some really big releases from some pretty big players all around, and um, yeah, uh, let's just uh, let's just get into it. Um, our first album is uh, a release that I found out about. Uh, it's called Unofficial, uh, and it's by uh, Rachel Beats. Um, and this is a uh, she is a flautist. Um, and, and like an improviser, uh, this, this album is on, uh, Orenda Records, which is a personal favorite label of mine. Um, and it, this album is basically just her, um, doing like flute improvisations. Um, but I guess it's, it's kind of, um, they're, they're like, I, 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 I actually quoted this from, um, the Bandcamp page. Uh, it says that uh, Rachel improvised with custom synthesizers made from samples of her acoustic flute playing um, and also on the acoustic flute with effects pedals. Um, and so basically the, the whole thing is just like, um, you know, I, I, I guess there's some post-production, but it's it's just mostly around these like just complete improvisations. Mm-hmm. Um, it has this very... Yeah, I mean, if we just want to get into it, it has this very like electric, like electroacoustic feel to yeah. it. You know, like a lot of like timbre work, and you know, just thinking about you know, sort of the the texture, the sound of things, as opposed to you know, more traditional like you know, harmonic lines or melodies or even rhythm to some extent. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I just I saw this thing, you know. And I just kind of added it to my my calendar um, once I because I I I I, I, I bleh. <laughs> we were um, we were debating doing an episode on on sort of listening goals and stuff like that this year. But I I mean just to talk about this really quick, I'm trying to be better about actually listening to new stuff. So you know when I see something get announced, I try to listen to you know whatever single has come out from it and if it's interesting i add it to the calendar and every friday i have like a reminder myself to just listen to everything that's on my calendar and you know just to keep up with shit and just feel like i'm actually kind of have my thumb my my finger on the pulse if you will um yeah so anyway i i came across this thing it sounded cool and um yeah, Scott. I, I kind of want to know where are you uh, where are you at with this thing. So first of all, I was a little disappointed this was not an instrumental hip hop mixtape. <laughs> Given her name is Rachel Beats, I just I thought that was uh, <laughs> I thought that was a a dad joke I wanted to make, and I'm actually not regretting that I made it. Um, I, I, I'm just glad it wasn't like uh, like a vegetable joke. <laughs> That's true. Well, it, or it, like, is it beat? It, is it a beat is technically a tuber, right? I 
I'm not, Scott, I'm not, I, 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 can we just like can, can we redo the podcast and just can we just have be the vegetable podcast now i'm not big into beats except for big beat <laughs> so i'm not uh, <laughs> i'm not sure but uh yeah i um i think this is an interesting like obviously there's a spectrum of electroacoustic releases that i've come across uh you know when i think of someone like leah bertucci it's definitely rooted in kind of like a modern classical post-minimalism type um, blueprint. And then she uses, you know, I think she's recorded in pretty open spaces like factories at certain points of time. Obviously uses some you know, electronic manipulation on top of it. But certainly you can hear that she's a, a saxophonist. So you can, you can hear what's going on. I think she has clarinet too. Uh, this definitely... I mean, I think because going in, I knew that she was she was a flautist. I you know I kind of could pick out here and there, but really this felt more like this really was the the electro on like the you know the other other mm. end of the electroacoustic, um, and I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I don't know if there was a a ton of variety. I kind of took this in as a full you know full listening experience, but it was a it was a good one. You know, I definitely enjoyed. Um, what she did on this, I thought it was you know equal parts at times. It could be pretty in your face, you know, as abrasive as an electroacoustic album can be, um, but still really interesting. Um, I you know appreciate the balance she struck between, you know, just kind of. I, I still felt like you know from a compositional perspective, this had kind of a classical feel. Like I, I felt like um, I could pick up on different. Um, what is it like new music or modern classical or whatever, whatever we're calling it now. Like I, I can pick yeah. up on certain elements of, of composition that I've heard elsewhere uh, from you know, what, what would be her contemporaries. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought this was a good pick. I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, at first I did think I was going to miss the fact, you know, as I was listening, listening to it, I'm like, wow, this really is, you know, very, you know, much, like I said, much more on the electronic end of the electroacoustic spectrum, but I, I think it worked out really well, and I, I had a good time with this. Yeah, I mean, I I, I thought it was an interesting listen for sure. Um, I, I kind of wish I had spent a little more time with it. Um, the, the, there were some moments that I, you know, so the opening track behind was a little... I, I don't know if it was the best choice for an opening track, Um just, I, I mean, it, it was just it, like it felt like it was, you know, she was playing with this timbre with just playing like these beats, basically, um, you know, just like these rhythm. Like it was just like a pretty steady rhythm. And it just felt like that was the whole track. And it didn't feel like there was any variety. There wasn't really anything going on in it. And, you know, for, for all those, you know, minimalists who were like, oh, yeah, repetition is a form of change. Like. I, I, I get what you mean. I agree. Not in this case. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was interesting for sure. Um, I I don't know. I, I don't really know what I was sort of expecting going into it. I mean, I, I, I just, I find these type of, you know, um, I always find Orenda's music to be really interesting, even if it's not something that I, you know, that will show up at the end of the year for me or anything like that you know it's like you know dan rosenboom just you know has a really good like curatorial ear for mm -hmm. for his record label and um 
it's just really interesting to see sort of the breadth of which you know he kind of you know sort, sort of like the 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 variety that he sort of lets in uh, under the like Orenda umbrella. Um, so you know, it, and so it, yeah, it, it was just it, it was it was a cool listen for sure. Um, I just I feel like I it, it deserves a little more time before I can like really be like oh yeah you know give me more give me more you know (laughs) (laughs) tell me more tell me more did he have a nice car (laughs) you know um uh uh, this is already what this episode's coming to (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um i yeah i the thing is like with this album i just didn't really have a ton to say um i i think it's like you know if this is kind of in your wheelhouse if like industrial-ish, like, electroacoustic improvisation interest you. Like, you know, this is a really interesting listen that's, you know, worth at least a shot. Um, you know, I, it's, it's almost like I feel like if you know what it is, I feel like you almost know kind of where you stand. Um, yeah. Yeah, so for sure. I, I, I guess in, unless you have anything else, uh, we can just kind of move on to, yeah, <laughs> to I, I, think I, I think I summed up my thoughts pretty nicely yeah, so okay. I'm, yeah. I'm ready if you are yes so uh, next up we are talking about uh, W by Boris uh, and this is I think the first time we have reviewed a Boris album um, and this is their first album for Sacred Bones Records which was what, what like when I saw that this was announced like I was I don't know, I just found it really, like, simultaneously strange and yet not strange that they're, that this, like, is a Sacred Bones release. Yeah. Like, it, it makes no sense, and yet it makes all the sense at the same time. <laughs> um, because, like, I don't know, like, in some ways, Boris has, you know, an ex- such an experimental edge to them, and, like, sort of, like, their willingness to go and just kind of fuck around with stuff. You know, I just feel like is worthy of sacred bones in a way, but I also feel like they've always kind of done their own thing. Um, so it's just, I don't know. It's, it's strange. Um, but going into this, I mean, did you ever listen to know when that came out? I I honestly have not listened to a lot of Boris overall. I don't remember listening to know. Yeah. See, Um, I, I, I'm the same. I mean, I, let's see if, if I remember right. I, I, I owned pink at one point. And I really liked it, and then I kind of just—I don't know—I, I, it, it just didn't really um, stay long with me. It didn't mm-hmm. stay in my collection for too long. Um, and I mean, I've listened to like you know Sunbake Snow Cave, and you know like little things like that. And then um, I—I I, I mean, we talked about like last year. Um, I finally bought Feedbacker at last, mm-hmm. or uh, Feedbacker Boris at last, or w- w- whatever the album is called. called. Yeah. Um, and I really loved that, and uh, I bought a copy of Amplifier Worship uh, a couple weeks ago, and that was that, that was interesting. Um, it w- wasn't as good as as Feedbacker, but it was still really interesting in its own way. So I don't know. I was I, I I've just been interesting and in, uh, interested in what Boris kind of has to do, and you know the album cover for this was really cool looking. Um, yeah, and so the just the whole thing just. You know, I I didn't really know what to expect going in because I mean Boris has sort of proven themselves to kind of like go anywhere from extreme, you know, drone metal to you know whatever you call their collaborations with Mersbau to you know 
more in the way of like stone or rock and uh you know kind of everything in between mm-hmm. and so it's it's just you, you don't really know what they're getting to and then so i yeah. i genuinely did not expect this album to sound like it did honestly uh, right out of the gate yeah same yeah. here <laughs> I, I mean yeah, yeah l- l- like just sort of the the way this album is it, it's weirdly quiet for a boris album which isn't to say that there isn't like you know drones or noise or anything like that it's just like it feels like a lot of those elements are almost slightly toned down in in favor of like this it's not even ambience you know it's it's i don't know it's it's i i wrote it down as like sort of they're trading in like sort of feedback and noise for uh clarity and nuance and I, I think maybe that latter word is perhaps the most apt here. Mm-hmm. Is it like nuanced? It feels very nuanced. It it feels like everything is being, um, you know, uh, you know, everything has a particular choice for being where it is, mm-hmm. and like every performance feels very um, meticulous. Uh, which I mean, I, I guess if you're a drone act, you know that's kind of a requirement, because uh, you know if you're holding a note for like thirty seconds or a minute, you know you want it to be a good note. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it, I I think it paid off really well though. Frankly, I I mean, I, on top of that, I think uh, Wata, who who does the uh, who does guitars and vocals, uh, I think they all do vocals, but her vocals are most prominent here i mean she really does a great job on vocals here and just like oh it's, you know what kind of popped into my mind is um you ever listen to that einzer zen neubauten album um silence is sexy um if did we listen to it for the i don't i don't know so. yeah I, I don't think we ever listened to it for yeah for an album. um but it's like this double album but the the the, the title track has um uh, the lead singer, I can't remember his name now, um, but he, he would just go, you know, it was very just quiet and just silence is sexy, you know? And like, <laughs> I feel like Wata kind of has like a similar kind of cadence in just, you know, kind of being able to like let something ring out. Um, I, it, like, it, I, I guess I don't, I, I'll, I'll let you jump in. I, I guess I will just say that it, it feels like Boris is kind of redefining their own like idea of drone almost like w- w- within the band's framework that f- from the little i know of the band you, mm-hmm. i should say uh but anyway well um i i'll, I'll shut up now <laughs> yeah so for for release day roundup one of the um you know one of the people who usually contributes albums basically played i forget what he said but i think he i think he just for genres he just said weird with a question mark <laughs> so in in because of the cover like i just it gave me kind of like a slimy i don't know i just was expecting like something sludgy and weird and like like a really like out there stonery album i guess just you know based on you know again can't can't read a book by its cover obviously mm-hmm. um and obviously that's not what we got um i don't i don't know Kind of to your point, I don't think it makes sense necessarily to say, like, you know, I didn't get what I expected with Boris because the limited amount I have listened to Boris, they really do, you know, 
put out whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Um, but this gave me a pretty strong vibes of Alter, which is a collaboration album they did with Sun. Um, I don't think this was quite as successful. I think that that's kind of a... I don't want to say underrated. I feel like people know about that album. Um, but it yeah. definitely is an album I I don't hear talked about in line. Like, I think it's one of Sun's best releases. I think what, what Boris brought to the table was, you know, really, really compelling in the, this kind of... I mean, kind of... Kind of beautiful. Like, I guess be a post-rock, but, you know... For what And this kind of continues that, that brand of, like, some of the most unsettling, you know unbeautiful post-rock you know usually you think mm. of like really shimmering really bright you know there's definitely you know elements of that kind of slow brooding building um you know building rock that you would expect from post-rock but just the opposite emotional palette um yeah for sure and, and i mean I, I think it came out well again i i this after a while i really started to it clicked for me where i was like oh shit yeah this reminds me a lot of, of alter um and I definitely, I don't, I don't think it's, um, I, I don't know how much I'll return to it. I would like to listen to it, um, a few more times just because there, there, there were some really interesting things going on. Um, but I appreciated the, I guess risk. I mean, I don't, again, with Boris, I'm not sure if anything is necessarily a risk. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel like Boris kind of has that fan base where they're, they're like just kind of up for whatever. It, it it does feel like the last few releases they have like they've kind of leaned into like the you know the oddball stoner rock angle. So obviously this was I mean there's a reason we were surprised just because I I just this is not um not not necessarily what I expected given you know the way that you know people have been they've been covered and and what you know like my understanding was of their recent streak. But I guess maybe that makes sense that they were like we've done X sound for a while. Let fuck it. Let's you know, let's 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 switch it up a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I thought this was was cool. It was interesting to hear that sound again that I haven't I haven't heard about. I mean, I haven't listened to Alter for quite a while. Uh, that's that's one of those like we we were to redo like if I was to be on the receiving end of the questions I asked during you know our interview session, um, that would have been one of my. I sold it when I decided I didn't like Sun and. Uh, now well, I, I I didn't know that there was a moment that you didn't like Sun. Yeah, I I think that I got really into it before I was ready because that was like the pretentious metal band that everyone <laughs> you know everyone liked, and I still think they're super pretentious. I think they are a little overrated, um, just because like just because I I don't know if people actually. I don't know. This feels like a shitty thing to say, but it feels like it's more like the idea of Sun and like mm. their presentation oftentimes is like more alluring to people, or it's more what people focus on um, than necessarily the music. But I think they have some great ideas. Alter was probably one of my favorite pieces they put out, and this was a really nice, um, a really nice take on that sound. So. Definitely, yeah. uh, definitely glad we listened to it. Uh, I probably would have yeah. checked it out regardless, just because I, you know, the what I had heard about it piqued my interest. But uh, you know, I'm glad that we checked it out, and I do want to dive into it. You know, dive into it a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, same here. I mean, I, I, I actually really like this thing. I mean, almost from the start, I was like, I really love this album. 
Um, I can't wait to sort of spend more time with it. Um, I'll probably, I'm thinking I'll probably end up buying it. Um, just because, you know, if it's not on Sacred Bones, like, it's it's not like it's going anywhere anytime soon. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because I, I, I just think it's, I just think that there's a lot uh, that I am sort of missing, even though I, I enjoyed a lot of it. Like, the, there was just, like, some really interesting sound play. Like, I remember that there was this one track, I can't remember the exact name, but it had, like, this little, like, uh, kind of like this, these little percussive little moments to it that it, it almost sounded like they were playing with the delay time mm. on on like on like a uh, on a delay pedal. Um, it just I don't know. It, it was just really like like just the, the, these little little touches that like were really cool. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I guess we will move on from there. Do you want to take this one away? Because I, I don't know that much about this um, about this release. Yeah, F, FKA Twigs her new mixtape Capra Songs, uh, which I mean we'll get to in a little bit. The, the packaging of it is a mixtape, but just as a, a little preamble. Um, broke onto the scene. Uh, I mean, she, she had a few EPs. You know, titled EP1, EP2. Really creative. Um, I think especially EP2 really, you know, got got everyone's attention. Um, uh, fun fact, her name did used to be Twigs, and now it's FKA Twigs because she was formerly known as Twigs, except that's actually, like, part of her name. So I don't know, I don't know how well that works, but... <laughs> That's something, that's something that's always bothered me about her name. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about her music, <laughs> which has been really nice. Uh, she's a you know, long-time collaborator with a bunch of... Uh, a bunch of producers that actually make a lot of sense with... you know She was a little bit forward-looking. You know, she broke out with LP1 in 2014. I feel like a lot of her ideas were a little bit of a, I mean, you could probably say it was an influence. At the very least, it was a precursor to, like, the Deconstructed Club, kind of like the elements. Like hyper-pop almost. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, like just the, it was okay to bring in these harsher, weirder elements into, like, relatively standard, you know, I think songs like Two Weeks, Pendulum, Lights On. Uh, I mean, she's collaborating with people like, you know, Arca is a big collaborator I mean, with she, her. She, she basically put Arca on the map in a she way. She did, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, Sampa, um, Clams Casino, like definitely some some hot producers that came in and did some, um, did some great work on that record. Uh, I remember liking Melissa, which was stylized as M3LL155X, which... Yeah, like, uh, so, so some lead speak. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that was that was also a choice that was made in terms of naming, that uh, <laughs> was definitely a choice. Um, and I remember liking that EP. Uh, again, it was it was an EP, so not a hundred percent. I didn't really put a hundred percent of my attention to it. Certainly not as much. I mean, I loved LP One. It was one of my favorite records of twenty fourteen. Yeah, um, it's a great little album. And then uh, Magdalene came out in twenty nineteen, and I really don't. I need to revisit that because I thought Cellophane, the lead single from that, was was a really, really good song. Really, really beautiful. Um, you know, really beautiful, like, ballady type track. Um, but I don't know, for whatever reason, the record itself didn't cling with me. I think it might have been just a, you know, 
wrong place, wrong time kind of thing, where I just wasn't what I was looking forward to. Um, but now we're here with a mixtape, which I, I think makes sense just because a lot of these, I mean, most of the songs are pretty short. A lot of them feel uh, not so much like ideas that I think that they're necessarily bad, but they feel relatively simple, straightforward, like not as not as lush as like a two weeks or anything like that or a pendulum. Um, but I definitely like this a lot more than I thought I would. Again, just, just because everything since LP1 hasn't really stuck with me as much as that album did. And I think this is a better... I think it's a little bloated. I think that the, like some of the... The random like mini skits and some of those things i just generally don't like those on a record at all like just you did you notice like how many of them had like we're just talking about like getting high and like talking about weed i did i did yeah. indeed notice that and i yeah. can't say i was those were my favorite moments on the, on the mixtape yeah um but i think what i liked about this is I, at the very least, other than those those specific interludes and skits, whatever you want to call it, other than those moments, I, at the very least, liked every track. Uh, and there really wasn't... Like, other than, I think, Tears in the Club is a great... I love that track, like her collaboration with The Weeknd. Um, I think that's probably the most, you know, typical, just kind of like, you know, big hook pop song that you would know, expect from FK Twigs. The rest, a little bit more subtle... Um, but you know, I really like Ride the Dragon. Um, I, I definitely think that I, I always wonder why you know they make the you know the choice to call it a mixtape, call it a studio album. I think this feels like a and again, I'm, I wasn't in the room, but like this feels like it, they listened to the record and it just didn't feel like as they were kind of listening back and planning it out. This just didn't feel like a, a studio album. It just fe- didn't feel like. You know they had enough songs that hit the, the the heights that were you know they hit an LP one, but they had a lot of they had enough good songs like they had enough here that I think this warranted a release just wasn't wasn't necessarily to the heights of what she's done before. Um, so I I think I, I appreciate this from the sense that uh, I like being excited about FKA Twigs again again like I really really loved what you know you know what she was doing in the past just have kind of fallen, you know, kind of fallen out of attention with what she's doing, and this definitely spurred my interest again, especially Tears in the Club. I think that if this was just a short EP with, you know, Ride the Dragon, Tears in the Club, and like a handful of other songs, I might have been, I might be a little bit higher on it. I do think that there is, you know, borderline filler and some, like, some moments just specifically the, the, you know, the, um... The, the skits and whatnot, which I definitely think could could have been cut. I, I I just don't understand why artists put those kind of things on their record. Um, I I, I, I remember reading somewhere that it was supposed to be like um, like the whole mixtape was supposed to be like you know I, I guess something you'd leave on someone's voicemail or something. I, I if I remember correctly. That's great, but <laughs> yeah. I, oh, look, I, I'm, no, I'm no, not no. saying that that, that yeah that, I know that, I know you're not that, saying that works that. as a concept here. It's just. I just think it's funny that yeah. like I could totally see them saying like, "Oh yeah, we just thought it'd be great to like incorporate those in." And I'm like, "Did you though? Should you have?" My, <laughs> my argument would be no. Um, 
but yeah, I'm curious. Uh, those are kind of my. I'm doing a really good job or a bad job, depending on your vantage point, of just like very succinctly summing up my thoughts. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, it's good. That's this, kind this, of, this is our like. Uh, this is our our. Uh, this is our economically. Uh, this is our fuel efficient episode. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, but oh. yeah, it, yeah, basically, uh, really interested to hear what you have to say now. Yeah, so I, I, I guess, um, disclosure, I only listened to this once, um, you know, so I, I feel like if I listened to it, you know, a couple more times, which I, I mean, let's be fair, I, I probably should have, um, I, I, it just, it just kind of got away from me, honestly, um. I don't know why. I have no excuse. I apologize to the American people. <laughs> um, but um, honestly, like, I really didn't enjoy listening to this thing. Oh, like, sucks. yeah. Um, I I think you know maybe if, if you want to sort of enca- best encapsulate my feelings, it like just we we were talking about this actually last week. Is just look at the album cover of this thing. It is just I, I i i was saying to scott that like i i look at this album cover and she just looks like somebody that like i i feel like if i shook her hand i would my, my hand would be sticky <laughs> like like she just it just looks gross i don't know i i just don't know why like out of out of all the album covers especially like she's had some really cool album covers in the past you know e- even magdalene which was like a little weird i mean they're all a little weird but like that was probably the most like oh like kind of album cover that she's put out but even that was compelling but like yeah it just i i gross is like the key word here is that i just found this project to sound it just didn't like uh, um i i I guess i think i I, her vocals are always top-notch like i i've yet to hear a twigs track where where she's like really you know like where she's phoning it in vocal wise mm-hmm. like you know but i i guess it's like everything around it was just really unappealing to me and it be, because i think just a lot of it felt like like it felt like attempts to simultaneously be like you know quote-unquote experimental and you know quote-unquote like you know that that sort of like bubblegum hyper pop whatever but mm-hmm. then also kind of trying to reach to the lowest common denominator, like trap beats at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it just came off as, it, it just sounded really forced and just like, it, again, just lowest common denominator when it came to the production. And, and I apparently arc is on this thing. And it's like, I, how <laughs> like, and it, I mean, this is just me, but I'm just like, like, isn't it say that there aren't some interesting moments songwriting wise. Like, um, there were some points on the track uh, Popple Moose, but that I thought were pretty cool. But, like, you know, you go to a track like Poppy Bones, and I'm just like, this is just so, like, not, I don't know, it just was not, like, it, it just, it just felt really derivative of, of sort of, you know, what's going on in pop right now, and, like, pop rap right now. And it just, I don't know, in my mind it sucks, because it's like, I, I, I think Twix is, you know, I think she's just such an amazing artist, you know, and just, uh, it, it just feels like this is just falling flat on its face because it's trying to be, you know, popular almost. And, you know, and, and I mean, if, if you don't already hate me for for all of this, uh, I, Tears in the Club, I felt was like just fine. But what I don't get is like, 
does that even count as a weekend feature? Because, <laughs> like, it felt like he was, like, barely in it. Like, am, am I wrong? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I mean, he, he sang the whole second verse. He, yeah, I, I, I guess. I, I just, like, it just felt like he wasn't really there a ton. Um, I don't know. It was just, yeah. And I think that that combined with, like, yeah, the, the um, all of these little skits and interludes... Um, especially the, uh, the, the Christie interlude where, where they're talking about like this whole astrology reading. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was just like, like, why is this included? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like every time we have like a, um, hip hop adjacent or just hip hop project that, uh, that has skits, I feel like we always kind of go down this rabbit hole of like, why? <laughs> I, I will say that the skits of the past were much more, like much more prominent and you know bad than, um, than like I mean I, I, nothing nothing on this detractor from the album so much as as I think like peak was early two thousands hip hop albums it was just like kind of insane how yeah you know I mean but yeah I I, hey, I, I guess, you know what just... we'll stop critiquing it when they stop doing when they stop yeah, doing yeah I, I, I guess I guess <laughs> I you know they. I, 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 th- this album kind of reminds me of of sort of the critical response like to um that Miley Cyrus album was it Miley Cyrus and her dead pets um, oh yeah because it it feels like the exact opposite of it because you know in that album Miley Cyrus is is trying to sort of get some street cred and like have all of these amazing producers around her try to make you know something that's you know serious art and whatnot and it comes off as just really annoying and just cloying and and you know uh, whereas i feel like twigs already has you know some really great street cred when it comes to having like you know kind of like an art pop type of edge and you know that sort of stuff and she's sort of surrounding herself with these producers to make herself sound less like that um and, and it just both of these albums fail just like in completely like the opposite way because Miles cyrus isn't compelling at all but twigs like is like on a vocal level just incredibly talented and it's just i i, I just I, I keep looking at them like they, they feel like complete polar opposites and yet they have like the same approach in some ways uh it's so it's so strange to me um no, oh and i think the only connecting tissue between the two is is these references to to people smoking weed so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I I really don't want to shit on this thing too much because um you know again I didn't listen to it as as much as I should have but I to be honest I, I I don't really want to revisit it um yeah it just really didn't do anything for me um yeah <laughs> unfortunately so I have to say so first of all obviously you, your opinion is, is is valid. You know, I definitely. Well, I, I I was hoping you were going to say that that my opinion was that that I'm wrong because no. that that would have been so funny. No, <laughs> but... that that would I mean we're allowed to disagree. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I just you know obviously I I like it more than you do. I you know I I hope that when she actually releases her next album, it's you know it's more substantive. It's definitely you know a little bit more reined in. Um, but <laughs> I loved the line you said where like her vocals are top notch. It's just everything else around it. That's like, yeah. that's the equivalent of like, you know, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how is the play? And it's just like, <laughs> I just, I just hated the vast majority of everything that was on display. I, I, you uh, know, th- this is like, okay. I, I, 
I, I, I really don't want to make this comparison because I don't think it's entirely accurate, but it's it, it's kind of like a uh, it, it's it's like a turd with like a Hershey kiss in it. Wow. <laughs> it's, that's... It, 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 yeah, exactly. See what I mean? I just, love, like, you, I just love what you said. I don't want to shit in this thing too much. And you yeah, said it's like... the, 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 that's what I mean. Is is it's like I I what I'm trying to say is that like you know yeah. there is you know there is something really good on the inside but everything surrounding it just really isn't doing it for me <laughs> and i i think to compare it to shit is uh not fair because i mean honestly i i i feel like there's way more derivative and there's way more lowest common denominator trap out there mm. by far like you know yeah. you can tell that people are actually giving a shit here i it just really did not vibe with me no that's uh yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad we listened. I probably would have listened to it anyway, but I listened to it more closely because we were reviewing it, and I, I you know, I, I enjoyed it. I hope that, uh, you know, I hope this is kind of a stopgap where she's feeling out some new things. Um, but yeah, yeah. But speaking of people that we've already mentioned and are going to talk about now in greater <laughs> detail, um, if you uh, you want a more weekend, well, you yes. got. A full, you know, 50, 52 minutes, if you round up from the 49 seconds, of New Weekend, Dawn FM. Uh, this was a surprise by pretty pretty every, I mean, I, I, I had no idea up until, like, I forget when this was announced, but... He announced it, it like a week before it came out, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, it was like, oh, wow, shit, like, this, uh, this is happening. Um, yeah. And it was a little bit of a surprise, only because, I mean... The more I thought about it, it, it really has just been COVID fucking everything up because I it, it felt like After Hours like just came out, but it really didn't. It came out in March 2020, so yeah. it's it's been out for a little while. I think it's just because he, I mean, he didn't really, um, like he didn't really tour behind it, obviously, because of COVID. Uh, he had that great, uh, I, I know you weren't so hot in it, but he had that great... Um, kind of mashup present you know performance at the super bowl last year which i really enjoyed um I mean, I, my issues with it were more because i, I i'm just not a big medley guy yeah um yeah medley sorry that was that was the right word yeah. um but yeah i mean he really you know he really dove into the 80s aesthetics he's been you know obviously the throughout his career you could find elements of this but certainly on after hours it felt like he he uh, openly embraced a lot of elements of the 80s that, I mean, they're kind of going on all around him, and you know, any number of pop artists, but I feel like Don FM was the this, this isn't, this isn't I, I don't, I just mean in terms of like approaching composition, if like After Hours was him going like full on Michael Jackson 80s, like Don FM almost feels like Prince 80s, and that I just hmm. felt, I just felt like this was a bit more Bit more artsy. Uh, I thought the you know the, the contributions from Daniel Lupton, uh, you know, one tricks point ever were really pronounced and really, um, really came through in a way that you could hear his subtle. You know, or not oh subtle, yeah, you could hear his style. Definitely, but it still felt like a like an eighties inspired weekend track. Uh, so I guess like I didn't do a, a great job of being neutral in the setup, but like I I love this thing, and what I love so much about this is. I think this did a great job. Obviously, you have, you know, Take My Breath, 
Um, Take my breath. Yeah, that, that's like, that's away. that's a big hit that's already already caught on. You know, it's not that there aren't like big radio hits on this, but um, I just feel like from an album perspective, this is the most fun I've had with the weekend album in a little while. Just just like overall, like the 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 deep cuts, kind of the. The songs that aren't the singles, um, not, not mm. that you know, like I, I've I've enjoyed all those records, but it's very clear. Okay, this is the this is the hit, and certainly, like I said, you know, like you know, take my breath is is definitely the single. You know, it's, you, you, it's already kind of permeated you know, all the commercials and whatnot that, that you might hear. But um, I just feel like from like a track by track perspective, this just felt like one of the one of his best constructed albums since you know like the you know the trilogy days um what do you think about sort of the uh the whole concept you know sort of the connecting tissue of this thing with uh the whole idea of don fm with jim carrey being sort of the dj i i don't i'm only hesitating because like i don't necessarily dislike it i thought it was like i thought it was cool like I, it wasn't it wasn't my favorite thing about the record, like, but I, mm-hmm. I thought it was it, it, like, I thought it, it, it had the chance to be way cornier than it ended up being. Like, I, I, I think it ended up coming out, you know, pretty, pretty well. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that. I think it was interesting. Like, it, it, yeah. it, it made it made it different. You know, it was it was uh, it was kind of like an anchoring element of the record, which is, is always cool when an artist can pull off well. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm only hesitating because I didn't, like, I, I didn't love it. I wasn't like, oh, wow, like, that's such a cool aspect of this album. But, like, I, I didn't dislike it. I thought it was interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I have enjoyed, you know, the multiple times I've listened to this. I, I think it's a great, really, really great um, kind of extension of the 80s elements that he's been toying with, you particularly in After Hours. I also really enjoyed the the variety of of the beats while also staying with the, the central theme. Specifically, um, the tracks that were produced, there was at least one track that was produced by Swedish House Mafia. I thought it was really good. Like, they, I think they did a great job of bringing, like, their signature, like, big house um, uh, you know, like big house beats that they're used to, used to producing, um, but kind of like on a more R and B, like this kind of scale. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I, I liked the again the variety. There was variety, like different approaches to the same kind of palette on this record. Uh, before I turn it over to you, the, I mean, the last thing I wanted to say, um, I never really noticed this before because. Previously, when he's had you know like hip hop features, I think like it's predominantly been like Drake, and Drake Drake is Jake isn't really. I'm not even saying this to be negative. He's not really a rapper, like he just he's kind of like, you know he's the R and B rap stuff and whatnot. Like usually when you think of the the uh, the, the the features on, I think he did a track with uh, Kendrick Lamar at one point. Yeah, um, those uh, sidewalks. Yeah, I think. but obviously like Starboy. Yeah, but obviously like the big. Uh, Big, you know, features he's had, you know, Daft Punk. Uh, I think he, he did a track. I don't think it was on one of his albums, but he did a track with uh, um, uh, Ariana Grande, Love Me Harder. You know, he's done a few tracks with uh, Lana Del Rey. 
I really kind of don't love when he sings with a rapper and there you know you know kids we have what we call a control on this album because if it was just Lil Wayne that's not fair of me to say because Lil Wayne's awful and he was awful on this track <laughs> and that you know like I that's not a fair but I actually like Tyler's verse I just didn't like I don't know I, I appreciate the weekend's approach to R&B the way that he can like he's he's not like the most virtuous virtuosic best singer in this ilk but like he just sings he, he still has a good voice and he rides the beats that he sings on really really well I don't know it just felt it made it feel a little conventional to me like the typical like singer like now we're gonna take a break and have some hip-hop verses so yeah. i liked i like tyler's verses but i don't know i just i didn't yeah, like it, how it meshed together yeah like like it kind of like um the uh the the tone changes in, in a yeah, way yeah exactly like i I, yeah. I it just again it really it really did bring it i mean again it didn't like it didn't ruin the album and i wouldn't i wouldn't even say those those specific songs were like terror except the the way i don't understand how he, like i'm gonna yeah, keep this, I'm, gonna I, keep I'm, this I'm, I'm glad we're getting on this now yeah <laughs> I, like, I, i'm gonna keep this tangent really short because it's it, it, it is pretty relevant but i don't like people even still or like relatively recently we'll talk about little wayne as one of the greatest rappers of all time or at least one of the greatest rappers of this era and i have never understood it like i, I just even like why he, like why is he on this album like yeah he's you know, not he, even like i don't even remember the last time he released something it's not even like yeah he's like, a, like I, that's the thing is it's like you know usually like the weekend will have somebody on who like you know is at least somewhat relevant in yeah, the music like, world actually like, like uh, quickly I, I was clicking through and i oh, saw that he had, a, he had future on one of his albums that makes sense i don't i mean i, I future's okay whatever but like he's a contemporary popular rapper like Lil yeah. wayne hasn't been relevant for years at least a decade yeah honestly so. and like but i mean even on top of that i mean he doesn't fit the song he wouldn't fit any song on this album yeah and even if even if it did his first fucking sucked like it was it, it was I, I think undoubtedly the worst part of this album like by and like far away just like it it brought that entire track down just as a result of his, his being on this album <laughs> like or did, did just like that that single track was just like wow like if you weren't on this if, if they had just played nothing but the beat throughout that entire verse it would have actually been better <laughs> yeah like i just found it amazing how bad that feature was um that being said i enjoyed this thing a lot too um mm-hmm. you know i overall yeah um, I, I will say, I, I think I enjoy After Hours more. Um, I, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this this week is like, it almost seems like, a, a, and maybe this is just for me, that like, The weekend kind of has like a, um, it feels like he's like an every other album type of artist for me. That like, you know, at least at the time when I discovered him, you know, Trilogy had come out. And, um, you know, I loved Trilogy. And then Kissland came out, and I was like, "Yeah, this is fine." And then we be, like Beauty Behind the Mask came out, and I was like, "This is amazing." And then Starboy comes out, and I'm like, "Yeah." But then After Hours is like fantastic, and I think this is like I I I feel like every time he's had one of these like eh type of albums, I feel like the quality has jumped up every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I mean, th- I think this is this is 
leagues better than Starboy because I mean, frankly, after I mean the, the only three tracks I think are worth listening to in Starboy are um, title track, Party Monster, and uh, I Feel It Coming. And like I, I literally cannot remember any other track on that except for um, False Alarm, which is one of the weekend's worst songs in my opinion. But um, anyway, I, I I I I thought this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I I loved the way OPN just went all over on this thing mm. and just really sort of made because I, I I feel like with After Hours like you know I feel like there was still a little bit like it felt like you know. Abel was still um, kind of holding on to sort of an original part of his own sound in a way, like in in some respects. Um, whereas, like this is like him fully embracing that synth pop, and I think it's because of OPN being just like an executive producer as opposed to uh, just being featured on like one album, on one track. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean the the. Uh, I think sacrifice that 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 bass groove man like that that bass that he uses for that is so good like I like when that turned on for the first like when I first listened to it I was like god damn dude like that is a good beefy bass like <laughs> that, 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 like that that is just a good good like, like just like the texture of that thing was just like damn like really really great uh, I mean they, there's some there's some great tracks all around here I mean how do I make you love me is a favorite of, of mine for sure uh, I thought here we go again was pretty good uh, I, I know what you mean though with sort of the like when I first heard it when Tyler came on it felt like the whole track changed yeah which, um, which I mean makes sense but also yeah. was kind of why I didn't like it <laughs> yeah like it, it definitely like he he did a good job, but yeah, it, it definitely felt like it was like going out of its way for him, mm. and it felt like all the momentum of the track had kind of been sacrificed for that. Um, you know, they, there were little, I, I, there were some cool risks that he took. You know, like sort of his um, those verses on gasoline, you know, where he's like singing like pretty low, and he has like the kind of like I mean, Fantano described it as kind of like a deadpan type of thing, mm-hmm. and like I. I I thought that that was an interesting risk. I don't know how well it paid off, but it it, it was cool. It it took me by surprise for a second, but um, yeah, it was it was really good. I I I guess um, in terms of the concepts, you know, I I thought it was really cool. I I I like the little touches in it. Like even though um, you know, like a track like Every Angel is terrifying is like, yeah, like it's like whatever, but I I. I kind of liked how he's just, you know, really going in on the whole like radio station concept and he's like, you know, voicing this whole ad for it and everything. Like I thought that was really funny. It just mm-hmm. really cool. And like I don't know if you noticed but when they do the uh the the radio station blurbs that it's his voice doing them. Like you know, Don FM. Like they, mm-hmm. the, the, that's him singing it. Yeah. It, it, which I just thought was—it was just like it, it, it's an unnecessary detail that was just cool, um, and like Jim Carrey being you know sort of the DJ was like really funny too. Like I, I was just like I, I did not expect it, and it, it it works. But I will say that like I I guess when it comes to these type of concepts, I feel like you know usually these things end up sort of becoming you know like like it's a big part of the album. Whereas, like, this felt like it was, like, kind of added on 
like afterwards like because i i don't know if maybe i need to read into the lyrics more but like i don't really think any of the lyrics here like it just felt like standard like weekend fair you know i are you married i heard you're married you know <laughs> like like why like, you know take my breath away you know uh you know it, it was just like standard standard subject matter for him and so it felt like really the only like it felt like the concept only made sense within the interludes and i don't think that makes for a great concept like or, or at least a great implementation of a concept like that hmm. um you know and then like you know you have a tale by quincy which was i mean kind of heartbreaking to listen to mm-hmm. um but while it was heartbreaking and and you know, I, I just, I was just like, why is this? I don't really know this is, why this is here. And like, you know, it's the same thing with um the the final track, "Fan Regrets," was like, I, 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 I that that was probably like, I, I found like the whole like Jim Carrey making these like rhyming, you know, the, the, doing like this poetry was like, I felt like that was really cringy, frankly. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was, uh, I just really did not like that part of it. But, I mean. I think part of it is just like it, it. It felt like everything he was saying was just like nothing but platitudes in a way. Like again, it's just like you know he, he he's talking about this whole concept of like light at the end of the tunnel and you know you know the the you know darkest before the dawn you know dawn FM you know like that whole thing and like yet you don't have a single track that really talks about that. Mm-hmm. You know it, it just yeah I don't know I I just. I don't know. That being said, I mean, I find the whole radio station concept to be really cool, you know, and I, I, I like, it's definitely, it's like, I like when OPN does stuff like that, too, and, you know, just, yeah, like, uh, overall, I mean, I, I really, I, I enjoy this thing a lot, so, you know, it, it was great, it was a really fun listen, um, you know, the, the concept thing can get a little annoying sometimes, but it, it definitely, it did not ruin the album by any means, mm-hmm. um, you know, even Little Wayne didn't ruin the album. <laughs> though, though, you know, from from listening to that track, you would almost think he was trying to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think why I ended up pretty neutral about the whole radio concept is because, I mean, I, I just, I totally envision, you know, I know like Jim Carrey being on this was was seen as kind of like a like a positive, but I was like, wow, this this could go, he could go way over the top. Yeah, like, this could go south and. He really, I mean, he really didn't, you know. Like by and large, I think it did work out pretty well. Um, so I think I went from like, wow, this is this is going to be something I really don't like about the album to like, oh, that was actually pretty, you know, pretty good, pretty well. Yeah, I, it, 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 it could be a lot worse. I mean, like, I, yeah, I guess I, sure. I, I just found like sort of, it, it just felt like you know, if if you're gonna if you're gonna go so far as to have this whole concept, why not just like go all in for it? Yeah, like for sure. you know, and it just didn't seem like that was the case. Um, but you know, for, for what it is really enjoyable. Um, you know, I still love after hours probably a little more. Um, but you know, that being said, this is still a great, great album. And, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but apparently it's supposed to be like the second album in a trilogy. So, um, so is after hours the the first one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, I mean, I, I guess expect some new weekend at some point in the future, possibly sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. That's, uh, that's actually really cool to hear because, uh, I've had kind of the opposite 
well, maybe not opposite, but I've had a different experience from you where like I was got really into them with the trilogy, um, started to really lose interest other than the big singles up until after like after hours is one of the like probably the first album in a while that i'm like wow like i got really into and then you know kind of continuing that to a higher level with uh don fm so i'm really hoping that you know this new direction like you said just kind of given the given the reins over to uh uh mr lopatin is uh yeah. is it lopatin or lopatin because i've heard both how about let's, let's just let's just call them lopes Lopes. <laughs> da- hey, Danny Lopes. <laughs> Danny Lopes. Danny Lopes from across the street, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, he, he he did a great job on this. I mean, it has to be expected, honestly. Yeah. Like, I really have yet to listen to something from OPN that I, I haven't really liked. I mean, Age Of was maybe the closest thing for me. But, I mean, even then, I just feel like it, it was just... I think it's just like an album that needs more time with, with me. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Do you want to talk about albums of the week? Yeah. Do you want to take us away? Do you want me to go first? Or? Uh, I will take us away. Um, okay. I guess I'm, I'm hoping that I didn't already talk about this album before, but uh, I'm going to look that up right now just to make sure. But I had it on in the car today. Because it was, um, you know, uh, it, you know how it is. Like, you, you, you have, like, a number of albums that you just put on in the car, you know? Mm-hmm. Just for the fucking, you know, for, for me, I, I try to keep everything as, like, you know, uh, a large variety as possible. <laughs> and sometimes th- that can be, like, bizarre to listen to. Um, you know, because, I mean, it, it can really run the gamut. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so my uh, my album of the week is Rain Dogs by Tom Waits. Um, nice. Just I, I don't know how great of a car album it is in some <laughs> ways, but it's just it was just really good. You know, it's, I mean, it, it's always really good. But, you know, I, I, I really was paying more attention to sort of the latter half of the album and sort of the softer tracks, because I mean, I, I know a lot of like, you know, I, I definitely have my favorite tracks from from rain dogs i mean clap hands uh jockey full of bourbon uh mm. cemetery polka is a lot of fun uh tango till their sore is great too um i think it's oh i i want to say it's called midtown uh there's like an instrumental that has like a lot of these like screeching uh saxophones and stuff but you know some of the more down tempo tracks you know, downtown train um uh, what was the uh, hang my head um you know little things like that uh were like really it was really cool to listen to those too so yeah it was just great little listen yeah. nice that's a uh and I could definitely appreciate the the variety that you were you were talking about or wanting to have variety um oh yeah I mean I, I I've got I, I think I have I have Prodigy's Fat of the Land now playing after it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. D- d- definitely going for variety. <laughs> I, I really want to pick up Rain Dogs because I, I remember... Uh, you, you don't have it? No, I, I remember liking it a lot. Uh, I mean, That's I gravi- surprising. Yeah, I gravitated yeah. more towards Sword, Swordfish Trombones, but... Yeah, I, I'm with you too. I, yeah. I probably would probably prefer to listen to that album, but uh, I, I I still love Rain Dogs. I mean, Rain Dogs was the first Tom Waits album I ever listened to. 
and it's still it's still really great. Um, yeah. Was it, wait. So, so which which of his albums do you have now? Because he, do you just have Swordfish Trombones? I think I have that and uh, uh, Bone. Oh, Bone Machine. Bone Machine. I won't say Bone Saw, which is not what the <laughs> album's called. I think that's the the villain, like it, when Spider Man wrestles. Yeah, I, the, it's, the, it's I, I was just gonna say that. Like, but, that, that's yeah. Again, that's yeah. one of those thoughts that came to mind, and I was like, I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> um, uh, so good, good my album week is very different from Rain Dogs. Uh, this is a band that it, it, was it Suncats. No, that's actually really funny. <laughs> uh, this is a band that I, at the time that, uh, I don't think it was this album. I think it was the previous album. Like, they released an EP everyone liked, and then they really blew up with the, I think, their full-length debut. This is the album that came after it, which I, I really enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed more just because there's one song in particular. Like, like you know, that like sometimes there's, there's riffs. There's certain things that just, like, stick in your mind. Like, for whatever reason, one riff from from this album like just always uh stuck in my head and i just thought i kept thinking about it i saw a really cheap or like a affordable copy uh, at bull moose and i decided to get it and it is a uh, uh, dreamless by the band uh, fallujah um, oh okay yeah. so what i was saying before i interrupted myself to actually just say what the album was uh this was a weird band in the sense that i didn't really understand the like heaps like mountains of praise they received yeah, but also the like the like the insane amount of criticism and people like you know shitting on them, I didn't really get either because I like this you know they're not my favorite modern death metal band but they're really really uh, really good at what they do and they have a relatively unique sound they kind of you know like it's not necessarily like melodic tech death or like melodic death metal it's more, it it really is more atmospheric like the way like there's you know kind of subtly spacey riffs you know very like like atmospheres. Um, I mean, I, I think that it, it, it sounds like Basil doesn't agree with you. <laughs> uh, Lauren just got home. So she's very yeah. excited. Yeah. But I, I think maybe she's just not a Fallujah fan. And she's not a Fallujah fan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, I wasn't, I mean, under, this is pretty, you know, the, the atmospheric flourishes, those kind of, uh, those kind of ideas, they definitely add to the music. I think they're pulled off really well. That one riff I was, I was talking about specifically, um, it's on us. I'm so bad with tracking things. So we try to find it uh, quickly, but uh, yeah, I just I, it was interesting to me that you know, like people who were singing the praises for them, I'm like this is relatively standard modern tech death, like really like to a T. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really well done. It's well produced. Uh, like really, really well produced. Uh, I think it's uh, the Void Alone has a really nice uh, opening riff that that I just it stuck in my head um, ever since I heard it. Uh, but on the flip side, people who shout out it, I'm like, this is, I think it was just because of the whole like atmospheric death metal and people were saying yeah. they were, you know, they were launching a new genre, which obviously well, they, they didn't really do that. Um, I, but, you know, maybe this is me speaking my own ignorance here with metal, but like, it almost feels like Fallujah is like one of the few bands that actually came out of like that whole like wave of like metal bands trying to be like ambient. And like actually doing and like actually coming out of it like successfully. Yeah, because like you, you remember when like the contortionists started doing ambient stuff with like language, and like um, uh, oh, uh, monuments was doing the same thing mm. at one point. You know, you you had all of these bands like just suddenly going like super melodic, 
and like it just felt like Fallujah was like one of the few bands that kind of like came away from it like with like their career intact. Yeah, I mean, I think because they they still, I mean, there there are definitely some like pure atmospheric tracks on the album, particularly toward the latter half, but it's still it's a death metal album through and through. So I think like that fact is kind of the crux of why like I I don't get the the hate and the adoration is that like it wasn't as you know, like lame or like, you know, not true as people were thought it was, but also I don't think it was like as groundbreaking as people like it mm-hmm. wasn't uh, like, I think of, I'm trying to think of um, like a band that really did like there have been some, some metal bands where, uh, Oh, I would say like code orange, like they're most like when they've incorporated like all these, like 90s goth and industrial elements like sure it was different uh i don't think it wasn't like good but it was you know like sure it was interesting is, is, is that what we're calling that like industrial because that, that, that that's a poor interpretation of industrial in my mind <laughs> well i'm thinking like you know i mean to me it sounds like they, they found their parents like nine inch nails records and like all the kind of the brooding angsty um, See, in, in my mind, it, it sounded it almost sounded like they they found like their parents' Slipknot records. <laughs> I guess I, I maybe, maybe that's just me. To me, there were there was definitely like there were some songs in the newer album that it gave me like had, had like a whole vibe. So they were like, yeah, like they saw that music video and got really amped. Um, <laughs> but like all that to say, they're like you know it's one of those you know original doesn't always equal good. Um, and I mean, w- one could argue that Code Orange really wasn't that original. But... No, I mean, I mean, they, the way that they package together sounds. I mean, I'm not 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 trying to not trying to stump for Code Orange here, but uh, the the way that they package together sounds in that scene, like it was it was pretty unique for what they were trying to do. Um, but yeah, I I, I specific to, to Fallujah. Um, I just thought this is a really good modern tech death album. Uh, I think that they. The way they incorporated melody and atmosphere was pretty. Um, again, maybe not to say unique. It was just it was really well done, like really mm-hmm. well written. Like specifically the the atmospheric um, flourishes that would you know kind of accent you know you the the double kick rolls, the blast beats, like the big technical riffs, um, like the way that they would package those with some nice melody and atmosphere. Um, just really really well done, and I was glad to glad to find this. You know, a cheap copy of this, and uh, definitely uh, once in a while when I get an itch to hear that specific rip, rip I was talking about, uh, I mm-hmm. will. Uh, I'm glad I will be able to put it on pretty easily. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess um, that is our episode today. And, uh, we shall be back next week. And until then, have a great week. You, yeah, um, absolutely. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, We're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. 
uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Stay Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is stayshorepodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.